All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome everybody to dropping the gloves. Hey, guess guess what? Guess what? who's back, everybody? Tim is back. <laughs> yeah, I'm where back. have you been, Tim? You just take one day off a week. It must be nice. I'm just I'm a, I'm a busy man. You know, I can't I can't uh, give everything to this show. Not yet. Yeah, it was this. The last episode was a Sunday release. It, it came out of nowhere. Where it was after Game Seven, literally. A half an hour after the stars won, Pav sent me a text. He's like, "All right, I could do it now." I was like, <laughs> oh, you "Son of a gun!" Like, because he was all set to do it after Game Four. They were up three to one, and then I couldn't do it. My schedule didn't work out. I'm a busy guy, and I was like, "Sorry, Pavs." Like, I don't know. And then so he's like, "Okay, Game Seven, we'll do it. We'll do it tomorrow." And we we finally got it done. We did it at night after his meeting with the team and stuff. And I thought they were on the West Coast time. They're in Mountain time, so I had set up a meeting earlier in the afternoon. And he calls me. He's like, hey, yo, what's going on? Are we starting this? I was like, oh, I thought there was a three-hour difference, not two. So anyways, we got there. It was a good interview. Nice guy. Yeah, it was. It was a really good interview. And um, I, we, we should post the video. The, the, his teeth, it's crazy. His bottom I didn't realize, teeth. Yeah. I didn't realize that happened. He's got such a deep voice. You know what I mean? He's got that deep, deep voice. What I found interesting in that interview was the nicknames chubs and worm and all these like we just who he's playing cards with i'm like oh, those are pretty good nicknames you know yeah i can i know i don't know who any of those guys are but he seems like a very just like normal guy like he's not he's like a guy. he's i mean he's a star but he's not like you know he's not a celebrity level star so he just kind of he's just a normal guy who's good at, really good at hockey he's just a normal guy who's averaged 35 goals over the last like eight years a season which is crazy he, he does not get any recognition as a superstar but is he a superstar i don't know no, you know what I mean? No. Like he's he's scored. I would say if you tallied up the most goals by players over the last ten years, he got to he has to be in the top five. Yeah, he's got to be up there. I would think so. And then you you would never guess him though. If if you were going to guess the top five or top ten, whatever wherever he lands, he would he would not be in there. He's Just got a really known. a really high floor for like his goals like you know he's good for 25 minimum he's not without gonna have a doubt. crazy year where he's like just off his game like he just his ceiling's not as high as some of the other guys especially now at this age but you know he's a lock for 25 plus well because he doesn't guys who deke guys out or they you know they they turn and burn and they're beating guys wide they have a high risk you know sometimes it just doesn't happen you have a bad year you you hurt your knee it's just not happening Pabs, all he does, he plants himself in the high slot and he tips shots. That's it. 
He's you know also I mean? um, he's also very cautiously optimistic. He's like not overly confident, or I wouldn't say overly cocky. Maybe of a star's chances of winning. Like he's still he knows that the Golden Knights are going to give him a really tough series. So he's just, and I think he's probably also been burned so many times getting his yeah. hopes up with the Sharks. So he's just like he's he's all business about it, um, which I thought was interesting. And, and I mean, I think all of hockey would would love to see him raise a cup, regardless well, regardless of who you root for. And to be honest, the conversations I have with him personally just on a cell phone, not when we're recording are a little bit different than what he says. Sure. You know, when, when he knows there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people listening because, yeah. you know, a reporter picks something up. You saw that when we did it with Kane or you saw that when we interviewed other players, people write articles when listening to this podcast. So he's not going to go out there and say, Oh yeah, we're going to dust them. We're going to beat him. We know what to do. So he, he's just smart. He's, he's a cagey vet. He's not going to go out there, but yeah, it's they're up one nothing right now. I, I was I've been watching this game, and Vegas doesn't look interested. It's funny they they've only got nine shots on goal, and the second period's almost over. And their mo is to just smother you. They just come at you wave after wave after wave. And what I've noticed in this game so far is a the first period they were turning the puck over left and right. I don't I don't know if they weren't ready for Dallas's forecheck or Dallas switched something up, but. Man, the first period, it was just turnover city through the middle, up the boards. Dallas was just anticipating everything. And another thing, Dallas is just smothering the neutral zone. They're playing good, solid, like we've said, throughout this playoff playoff bubble thing. They play a good team defensive game. They take, they take away the middle. They make you go in on the wings, and they, they just cut the ice in half. And uh, they're doing it to them right now. They're up one nothing. They've had a couple good opportunities where they should have been good. Another, Marc-Andre Fleury's in net. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. Like, as soon as I think I understand what's going on, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, Lander's going to run with this. It's it's go time, you know. There's only eight, potentially eight games left. We're in the conference finals. They have to – and they throw Flurry in net. I, I don't understand. I've given up. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm convinced Pete DeBoer just flips a coin the night before the game. He goes, okay, Flurry, you're going in. Because why would he start? Laner won game seven. He got a shutout. He had three shutouts versus Vancouver. Tell me, Tim. I don't know why. Why would Flurry start? Well, in a regular uh, in a regular season, like from what you've seen, just observing, how do those decisions get made? Is it based on workload? Is it based on like, hey, I could probably play, but I got like a little tweak thing here. I'm let me take tonight off. Like, how do those things decisions get made normally? Well, normally the coach would have a conversation with the goalie. So if Laner is the number one, he would just go and talk to the goalie and be like, "Hey, how you feeling? You know what's going on." Because I, I think with these final, I haven't checked the schedule too much, but I think they just go every other and there's a game every day. So if that's the case, it's a lot. They just, you know, they just finished up a game seven series a couple days ago and they've been going every other. It's tough on a goalie. But unless Lanner said, listen, I need a break, which I, I doubt he said. I've met him before. The guy's a competitor. He wants to be in the net. I don't know. It's just strange. I, I don't know. And then Flurry obviously lets in the first shot he sees. So it's just like, come on. Yeah, but he's also been, you know, he hasn't seen many shots lately. He's playing great. He settled in after that. He's kind of settled settled down. He's playing good. So I'm not going to knock him. He's a, he's a really, really good goalie. But speaking of goalies, Philadelphia Flyers, they start Brian Elliott that one game. They lose. They could have started Carter Hart to win that game. Instead of going 3-1, to one, they're 2-2. Two to two, They win the series. Blah, 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 whatever. Carter Hart finishes that series three and two. What do you, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just frustrating. So I don't know. I know we've dealt on goalies a, a lot, a lot this podcast. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It seems like <laughs> I beat it to death and I, and I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening. Maybe they're just doing like the NFL. They're running back by committee where it's like, okay, we're just going to go every other. Vegas has the luxury to do that. Dallas Bishop isn't even physically able to play according to Pavs. So who knows what's going on with him? And then Grice started game seven with the Islanders. I don't, I listen, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm not in the room, but anyways, moving on. Fleury's playing. Dallas is up one, nothing They're They look, they look like the dominant team. And from the outset, I know you, you were out to dinner and you didn't catch any of the game. The best player on the ice right now is Jamie Ben. He's controlling the game. Every time he's on the ice, he's making plays. He's playing physical. He's in on the four check. He looks like he wants to win. So if that that keeps up for them, that's a good sign for Dallas because he hasn't been as noticeable the first few rounds of the playoffs. 
He's a good player when he's on his game. He can he can control because he's so big and strong too. He's physical, so he's not. He doesn't have to be scoring to have an impact on the game. And when he's doing his thing, it's going to be tough to stop for any team. Although I will say, I think Vegas does match really well against a player like that. They've got they've got the the guys to respond to a guy like that. Well, they're the biggest team in the league right now. Like I think their average height is six one. Vegas, like they have a big big body team, and Reeves isn't even playing because he's got the suspension. They're still a massive team. But I was looking at the the Dallas Stars. A guy who is not standing out, who should, he's one of their leaders. Is a is a Sagan. Tyler Sagan has not done anything since he's arrived in the bubble. I don't understand what's going on with him. I haven't heard of any injuries. He just doesn't look like himself. He's he's only gotten two goals, five assists. Like he's he's not the usual. And this is it. He's been trending down the last few years. So I don't know what's going on. They they need him to start producing in order for them to be competitive in this series. I think, you know, you're what you're going to get from your first line. Ben's been producing. Pavelski's been producing. Radulov's been playing fairly well. That Heinz is doing well. You need Sagan to pick it up like that. You, you have to get him going somehow. So I don't know. I, that's just from me watching a few games, but anyways, moving on. What do you think, Tim? We, we were talking earlier. We were throwing our own ideas for today's show, and we, we came up with an interesting. We're, we said all these superstar teams are out. The, the the teams with all the heavy hitters, the Edmontons, the Torontos, the you you ran down the list, the Washingtons, all all the big superstars are out. If you look at the teams' rosters, the the four remaining teams, there's no real superstar who does the commercials. The Bruins are gone, Pasternak's gone. There's no real big endorsements. Chicago's gone. Who is the biggest superstar left in the bubble? So what I want to do is I want to just go by team by team, and I want to get your opinion, Tim, on who is their biggest superstar at this point, and then who is the best player left in the bubble? If we line these four teams up, they're all in Edmonton right now, and you have to pick the best player out of those, however many guys there are, 100 guys, who's the best player? So let's, let's start with the game that's going on right now. It's Vegas and Dallas. Who is the best player on Vegas? And we're not talking – regular season we're talking in the bubble who was their best player so far playing on that team uh two names come to mind but i'm gonna go with mark stone he's putting up points he's also playing like a fantastic two-way game they're watching some clips of him uh just taking pucks away blocking shots he's 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 grinding it out so mark stone i know you mentioned him before he said he's kind of a uh, a dork but um he's a, he, <laughs> he's a good player um and this is kind of he's really you know, shining in the spotlight right now. So I'll go with him for Vegas. You know, it's funny. It's interesting. In the same boat as Sagan is a William Carlson. You know, we're getting on Sagan. Remember, William Carlson almost scored 50 goals a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then he was like in line for a huge contract. Vegas retained him. He signed a decent. He's been, no, I don't want to say he's been a ghost, but he's a different player. I kind of you forgot I mean? about him. Yeah, he's there. Two years ago, when they've made that run to the cup, he was their number one guy. He was a stud. Now in this playoff series, he's got three goals in in fifteen games. Like that's that's not good for a guy of his caliber. And then like a Peter Stasny, they they have dangerous players who have not been playing up to their reputation. Paul Max Stasny, Paul. Paul Paul Stasny, excuse me. It's just, but anyways, back back to the question. Stone's good. I I think. Shea Theodore. He was, he was my honorable mention. He's the, he's the guy who's stirring the drink right now. If, if you watch this team, he is in on a lot of rushes. All the offense they generate off of face-off plays in the offensive zone, it's either him or Nate Schmidt. Those two guys are all over the puck in the offensive zone. So he's just been fun to watch. He, he gambles a little bit where he gets beat sometimes. He almost gave up a goal tonight where he kind of – Tried to do too much, did a little toe drag on a four-on-four play. They got the puck poked away from him. Thank goodness it was Alexiak, who's a six-foot-seven mobile defenseman, but he kind of chunked it in the offensive zone when he came down. But, yeah, I, I think he's playing really well. Shea Theodore is my pick. Do you think he's – maybe it's too early to say. Do you think he's got a Norris future, Theodore? No, no, I don't think so. No, not that, not that good? Where did they get him from? Was he – where did they draft him from in the He was draft? a player. I was actually saw a tweet the other day about this. Anaheim drafted him and they let Theodore go so they could protect like Brady Montour and Sammy Vatanen, I think. Like Isn't that funny? It's it's insane. And uh another player maybe, but yeah, like that's it's crazy. It's so hard hindsight. to predict. 
hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty. You never you never know what you're gonna get. It's like uh, what's that food that says you never know what you're gonna get? A box of chocolates. Yeah, life is like a box of chocolates. Gladiator, what a movie. Um, okay, <laughs> let's go to the Dallas Stars. Um, this, is, this one has to be obvious. Yeah, it's got to be Heiskanen. He's just silly good. It's Heiskanen. If if the playoffs ended now, he's the Conn Smythe winner. He's up there for sure. He, no, he's not up there. He is the winner. There's no one else who's even in his category right now. I mentioned him earlier this season. You didn't even know who he was. You're yeah, because like, I, I don't watch the regular season the first like 20 games. No thanks. I got better things going on. But I've been he's watching here last him now. year too. I've been watching him now, and the kid is well. They're listen. They play on the West Coast. So I don't watch many games. Whatever. I was watching him in the playoff. He's a good player. I remember. I, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You remember what? <laughs> when he first came up like two years ago, and uh, and I was watching like NHL Network or something, and they showed his first shift, and they had like a camera following him. He was up and down the ice like in two strides. It was so quick, controlled the puck, zone entry from like his own end, and he got back to like break up a rush. It was just silly, silly good. I'm like, wow, this kid's got a future. So it's cool to see that and see him develop, and now he's really, you know, I, you know, uh, Makar and and uh, Hughes, Hughes have gotten all the attention, but Heisken is right up there with those guys. See, if, if you're going, you mentioned Norris with Shea Theodore. This guy has a Norris yeah. written all over him within the next three years, I would think. Especially after this Stanley Cup run, he will get the recognition and the eyes on him. That's the thing that hurts these voting processes. If you're not on primetime, if, if you're not getting the NBC slots, the Hockey Night in Canada slots, no one knows about you and you don't win these awards. So, like, that's why you see the names keep getting voted in every year. And, yes, they're good players, but there are other players who are really, really good that you just don't hear about because they're on, like, the Dallas Stars. They, they play at a weird time. They're not exactly a big draw nationally. So this guy's a good player. Just watching him out there, he's smooth. I, I If you listen to the last episode, I asked Pabs how he would compare to Burnsy. And I, and I, I should have phrased the question better. I, I didn't mean the type of player, but Pabs is like, listen, they're completely different players. Yeah, like Burnsy is a, a wild card. You never know what you're going to get. The guy's just like all over the ice. Heiskanen is just a steady as she goes type of defenseman. He's like a Nick Lidstrom, but with better hands and faster. Like he's a really, really, really good player. And to say that you're better than Nick Lidstrom, I know that's saying a lot because Lidstrom was just out of this world for a million years. This kid's good. He's got better offensive skills than Lidstrom did. Obviously, Lidstrom was better, but they play the same type of game where they're not overly physical. They play good positionally. They get inside. They get in on your hands, so you can't really make a play. And they just get up in the rush. He's a good, good player. He's fun to watch. If you, who is Dallas Stars' second leading scorer? Let me ask you this. Uh, I just want to on high skin, and he's twenty-one years old right now. That's good. insane. That's um, nice. Second leading scorer, I would guess Radulov, maybe. Yeah, you figure it would be a guy in their first or second line. It's their third or fourth line guy, Gurianov. Oh yeah, yeah. He's been pretty good. He had think, one game that he scored four goals, I think, though. It's a little, I think he had three skewed. or one game. He still has fifteen points. Yeah. So he's, he's he's doing pretty okay, if you ask me. All right. So let's move on to I guess we'll save the Tampa Bay Lightning for last, because I, I think arguably if you went top to bottom, they have the most superstars on their team. So the the underdog, the only team remaining that played into the bubble, that was in the round robin tournament to get into the bubble. The New York Islanders. Who is their MVP so far? It's going to be Barzal, right? Interesting. He's their what, guy. What is your reasoning behind that? Just because he's the only guy on the team you know their name for? I know all their names. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, he'd be up there. I mean, like, Pajot's been go- good. Anders Lee's been good. I mean, Grice and Volomov have split time, so you can't really pick one of them. Um. So, yeah, I would go Barzal. He's a, he's a say. I like Brock Nelson. I think he's been there a long time. He is the fail safe. He's a, he's a vet. He's producing. He's been scoring big goals throughout the playoffs. And, he, again, I think he's their captain. I, th- I think. I'm not entirely sure if he is, but he's just been there so long, and he's such a good player. I, I skate with him when I did play in the summer, and he's just sneaky big. He's sneaky good, and he just – he produces, like I said, he, he gets the job done day in, day out. And I don't know. He is my MVP for the New York Islanders right now. I don't know. He's not either leading scorer. Josh Bailey is our leading scorer with 15 assists and two goals. 
Imagine getting 15 assists. It's insane. <laughs> in like 20 that, games? In fifth, well, how many games have they played? 16 games. He's got 15 assists. That's bizarre. Do, do you have 15 career assists? If you include AHL and college, potentially. <laughs> but I don't, and I don't even want anybody to add that up because I would just be depressed because there's a good chance I don't have 15 assists in like my whole hockey career that's on hockey uh, DB. So please don't do it. All right, moving on. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Their main draw, like we talked about before, poor Stevie Stamkos. He's not coming back. They said he's, they ruled him out for the Eastern Conference Finals. So he had this core surgery in March. And I wonder if he thought, okay, you know, this season's going to be over. You know, this COVID thing, there's no way they're going to come back. I'm just going to get this surgery done. And then here we are. We're in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's probably chomping at the bit to get out there. But anyways, he's not there. Who is Tampa Bay's MVP to this point? There's, there is a lot of options. There really is with this team. Yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Wow. When, I, when we were thinking about this, my first guess was like, okay, Kucherov. He's the biggest yes. name. He's the, he's the superstar. Um, then I'm like, you know what? But And I haven't watched all their games, but I did watch all the games against the Bruins. And, and there were two names, Braden Point and Andre Palat who are like really the creating all the offense for their, uh, for their team. But honestly, their MVP is on the back end, Victor Hedman. This guy is just silly, silly good. He's so yeah. big. He's so strong. He moves the puck so well. He can shoot. He can pass. He can score. He had the series winner in, in overtime in game five. He's just, he just controls the ice. He can log all the minutes you need him to without breaking a sweat. Um, so for me, really, it's a no-brainer in terms of who their most important player is to this point. Interesting. That's that's a good pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna my answer is gonna be outside the box with this one. And I know my I might take a lot of flack from you, Tim. You like to give me a hard time. I'm gonna give the award for the MVP to the Tampa Bay Lightning to their fourth line. I I think <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know we could pick three players. Well, I was just looking at their lineup. I've been watching their games pretty closely. Their line sticks out to me. Every time they're on the ice, you notice them. They're in on the forecheck, they're creating offense. Yanni Gord is a good player. He really, really is. He's the guy who kind of is the creative guy on that line. The other two guys just go in and blow up the D-man. Yanni Gord grabs it, and he makes stuff happen. He throws it at the goalie. He goes low to high, point shot. They're scoring goals. So it's going to be Coleman, Yanni Gord, and my guy, friend of the show, Barkley Goodrow. So I think, like we said many, many times in the playoffs, usually the first and second line, they just eliminate each other. There, yeah. there's good players like there's only four teams left you're you're not sneaking by you're not hiding like everybody's getting exposed and usually the first two lines they go head to head and they balance each other out it's the third and fourth lines where you win this stanley cup and tampa bay this fourth line is just absolutely destroying other teams fourth lines they match them up they start them every single game they match them up with the opposing team's first or second lines and they produce Usually if you're a checking line, you just want to break even. And they're, they're running on a plus right now, which is impressive for a fourth line. And it's like, I hate to call them a fourth line, but when Yanni Gord and Coleman and Barclay Goudreau are each putting up seven, eight, nine points, and they're like a plus eight, a plus six, you know what I mean? Like you're doing something right and your team's going to be successful. So that is my pick as a line, but individually, Braden Point has just been having an un- unbelievable playoffs. He's awesome. So, but it, uh, as a team, I'm going to give it to Yanni Gord. If I had to give it to one player, because those guys are expected to get points, the way he has played and the way he has just impacted the game as a fourth line center, you wouldn't expect that from him. Whereas you would expect a Kucherov or a Hedman or a Braden Point or a Andre Palat or these guys. That that's what you would expect. You know what I mean? Well, it's a formula for success too, right? Like if you look at the cup winners over the past decade, it's, it, these teams also had awesome, awesome fourth lines, right? Among yeah. the best in the league. The Blues had it last year. The Capitals, the Bruins had it. Pittsburgh's had it. Chicago's had it. You got to have that depth because like you said, the, the top two couple lines do cancel each other out. Like there's a saying in, uh, in fantasy, really anything where you can't, you can't win the league in the first round, but you can lose it, right? That's kind of like the, 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 the high stakes there. But when you have like the death players and the guys that you're not, you're not really considering for it on draft day, and they're the ones who are performing to take you over the top. So it's kind of the th- same thing with, with the fourth line. 
Um, and for those those names, they'd be they'd be a third line. Some of those guys would be touching the second line on a lot of teams. So that's a, it's a really cool thing for the Lightning to have that. I don't know how they fit all this all these guys into the salary cap, um, but some teams can just make some you know number magic with that. Yeah, it's well, I think they are. I think it. Like I, I wouldn't put Gaudreau on a on a third or second line in another team. He played fourth line in San Jose. Yanni Gord, he's been a journeyman a little bit, and Coleman. I never even heard like these are fourth line guys. I just feel like the coach has just kind of taken the shackles off him a little bit. When you're a fourth line player, you play nervous. You're always worried about making that mistake. If you make a mistake, you're going to be yanked. You're going to be you know seat belted to the bench. So. I feel like they've gained the confidence of Cooper. And when you're fourth line and you start the game, you feel good about yourself. You're not looking over your shoulder, worried about getting benched or this and that. You know if you make a mistake, you're still going to get put out there. So if you give guys confidence and you give them a little bit of rope to go and play, you can see the results. Whereas other teams, if you notice, if their fourth line makes a mistake or their fifth and sixth D-man make a mistake, they're stable to the bench. You can't play hockey when you're playing fearful. You really can't. You can't play good hockey. You can't play creative hockey. So it's just neat to see the change of scenery. Goudreau was a good player in San Jose, but I know he was always under the the impression that if he made a mistake, he was going to be benched and or sat for subsequent games coming up. So it's cool. He's a good player. He's not a great player. Like he's he's not like an overly talented player, but he's he's doing his job. He's well, fighting for some reason, but yeah, he's doing great. Yeah, Blake Coleman, though, he scored 21 goals this year in just 57 games for the Devils. And then he scored 22 goals last year. So he's he's not a nobody. He's he's a solid, you know, on-the-ice uh, contributor, yeah. yeah. But he's also physical enough. I think when he got traded to the to the to uh, at the deadline to the, the Bolts, there was some stat we talked about on the show, if I get exactly what, but it's only like one of three guys over the past couple of years who's scored at least 75 goals or something like that or or – um, plus a certain amount of hits and a certain amount of plus yeah. minus and fights, something like that. And he was one, uh, maybe Jamie Ben was one, Ovechkin was one. There was a couple of guys that did it. He was one of them. Yeah, he's a good player. They, they complement each other very, very well. They, they really do. So they're a fun team to watch. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurant chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory, Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, like right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE, that's $5 off your zero delivery fees of your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget that's Blue Wire for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Do it now because next week when you do it, it won't be as sweet as deal. It happens all the time. So go check out DoorDash and enter Blue Wire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFL TV. you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE to watch the Buffalo Bills destroy the New England Patriots this year. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv, promo code BLUEWIRE. So let's get down to predictions then. Dallas is up one nothing the end of second. And that game, will, you know Vegas is going to respawn. They'll maybe pop one in. Who, who is going to come out of the West? Now, this is, this is the craziest playoff series ever. We, we thought Colorado was going to be anointed to the Stanley Cup Finals. The, Dallas busted their bracket. Are you still just like 
short selling Dallas. Let's let's hear it, Sam. Come on. I feel like I. I mean, how do you not take him seriously at this point? But I just think Vegas is just so good. I I don't know. I don't see how anyone beats him in a seven game series. So I'm still going to take Vegas here. I think that Vegas did get a little bit exposed in their series versus Vancouver, where they are a very good team. They come at you in waves. They are having trouble scoring. They really are. When you throw an average of 35 to 50 shots on a goalie and you can only pop two or three or four goals in, that's an issue. And you were playing the Vancouver Canucks, who are a decent defensive team. They're nowhere near on the same level as Dallas Stars. Right. So I just feel like if, if you're having trouble scoring against the Vancouver Canucks, you're going to, you're going to struggle versus the Dallas stars. And you're, you're seeing it now in the first game when they were, they're down one, nothing in the second period just ended. So if they could figure that out, if one of those guys can get hot, if a Carlson can kind of turn it on and a stone or a patch like they have good players, but they don't have this superstar forward to just jump on my back and let's go. So I'm taking the Dallas Stars in six. I just feel like they, they have that right chemistry, that right makeup. They play the game the right way. Hudobin's been playing well. Like I said, they're strong in the back end, and they're strong down the middle. That wins championships, Tim. So I'm taking – I'm not going to – Vegas is good. I'm going to take Dallas. I'm like the only guy who's going to take Dallas. And this might be selfishly just because I can talk to Pavs before the Stanley Cup final, but – I'm taking Dallas in six. There's there's my pick. Do you I was thinking about the the Golden Knights today. Do you think do you still think of them in terms of like the expansion draft, the, the group of misfits? Is that still part of their identity or are they just another team at this point? No, very much so. I was actually thinking that just watching their game earlier. I was like, man, these guys are good. But then I compared them to even a Dallas Stars. I was like, well, Dallas Stars, they do have some legit superstars. And I know you can say Pacioretty is good. I know you can say Stasny and Carlson and they have a great team yeah but if if I'm gonna pick a team out of those two teams I'm drafting a team I think my first two or three picks they come from Dallas you know I'm, I'm taking Heiskin in I'm taking Klingberg and then I might even take uh, I don't know the forwards none of these forwards like like we were talking about why we're doing the show none of them is a true superstar Right. Like none of them really strikes fear in a defenseman's eyes when he's coming down on a rush. So this is going to be a battle of who can create offense, who can, you know, pop the cherry like Dallas has and who could put the puck in the net. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but Dallas doesn't score many goals. Vegas is going to have a hard time cracking that nut of the Dallas defense. So whoever can score two in a game might, might be the champ, might be the winner, but then next game they'll, they'll go seven, six. So honestly, I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Okay, so that's my pick. I'm taking Dallas in six. You're taking Vegas in what? Um, Vegas in seven. Vegas in seven. Okay, so close series. I hope it goes to six or seven games. I, I really do. I don't want to see a four or five game series. That's no fun. Moving east. Moving east. Well, they are west. What should we say? Staying west, but talking east. Because they're, they're, they're all in Toronto. In, they're in Toronto. They're in Edmonton. Let's come on. Wake up, Tim. When do they move? After their last round win, oh. the final four teams are in Edmonton. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So the Islanders, the upstart Islanders versus the juggernaut Tampa Bay Lightning who have been cruising through these playoffs. Who do you got and why and how many games? This is, it's so hard for me to predict this. Cause like my head goes right, of course, to the Lightning, right? It's like, yeah, obviously they're a much better team. But if you're not paying attention to these Islanders, like they are so good too. Um, I just I, I question they're deep, and they're again a team doesn't have any any superstars, but they can match you line for line. Um, and there's a certain like humility to their game, I think, where they can just pass the puck. They don't they're not a shoot first team. They're they're spreading the offense around. They don't rely on one player too much. Um, but I, I still go Lightning, and I see it. God, I don't know. Five games. I'm gonna. Really? I'm gonna say lightning in five. You were just completely, just bailing on the Islanders. See, <laughs> it's just bailing. Even though they played so well, Philadelphia was the number one seed after the re reseeding, and they bounced them. They should have bounced them earlier, but Philly squeaked out for Game Seven. Okay, I think the difference maker in this series will be Vasilevsky. I think he's played really, really well. 
leading into this series. He's been their horse. I think he's played every game so far in the playoffs. I don't like when the team is switching goalies. I don't like that they play Grice. Varlamov's not in. I don't know why. I think Tampa Bay and the Islanders, they'll, they'll play to a draw. I think Vasilevsky's a difference maker. I think he's a really good goalie. He's a Is he up for the Vesna this year? If he is, he should win it. He's a great goalie. I'm, I'm taking Tampa Bay in six. I think the Islanders are too well coached. They're too well disciplined. But like you mentioned, Hedman, he will be a star in this series. They, they're too deep. They're fourth line. Like, I just gushing all about him. Palat. Kucherov has been playing well. He hasn't been standing out like crazy. He's going to break out soon. They're just, they're just an overall better team. So I'm, I'm taking Tampa Bay in six to set up a very, very exciting finals with Dallas and Tampa Bay. The, the cup is going to be awarded to just a warm weather team. Isn't that exciting? When's the last time that happened? Dallas Tampa Bay final? Probably never. No, but a warm weather cup winner. Oh, um, well, I guess DC, you could say, right? No, I wouldn't say DC. I would say you'd have to be as south as Dallas or it would have to be a Florida, Texas, or California team. So, or Anaheim, maybe? yeah, that's the, they are they're they're such a bad team, Arizona. We we were praising them just because their GM made some moves to make him competitive. Now they're right back in the dog. Like they're going to be terrible for a while now. Like they, I don't know. I, I don't understand how you can be that defunct as an organization to you can't figure it out. It's like them and Ottawa. It's like just figure it out. Even Edmonton to a certain extent, just figure it out. What about Detroit? Detroit has figured it out. Steve Eiserman will will set them straight. He knows what he's doing. He's a good hockey mind. You wait. We talked about this earlier this year. I think it was one of the first episodes of this season. Detroit will have such a bounce back year this year because they're getting rid of so many contracts. They're going to sign. This is a tricky year with free agency. They will be a playoff contender, a Stanley Cup contender. Mark my words in four years. They're going to make a drastic improvement. They're going to be that good. They're going to get Tory Krug. They're going to get Taylor Hall. They're going to sign some big names. They're going to draft well. They have some good young players. They are going to be remarkably better. You know, they should give an award for the team that gains the most from one season to the next. They'll, they could be a playoff team next year. They really could. I mean, not only is Tory Krug so good objectively, but he's also just so well suited for this game right now in 2020. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he's, he's a, he's a mobile defenseman, heavy shot. He can pass first. He's just, he can run a power play. He's going to make somebody very happy. And I'm sad to see him go. It's pretty much a, a, a guarantee at this point. But well, yeah. I don't know. The one thing that is in the Bruins' favor is the salary cap has been frozen, so that's not raising anything. And so teams can't – like, if that didn't happen, Krug would be easy walking into $7, $8 million. Yeah. So if, if he he's going to take a haircut, so he knows he's going to get $6 million now, maybe maybe six and a half. the Bruins could potentially make that work. There's no way they could have made eight. But if, if they can reshuffle things and get him to sign for six, just because of how this pandemic has just affected contracts going forward, they could potentially swing that. Like I could see them shuffling their lines enough, getting rid of uh, Richie, getting rid of Andre Kasha, getting rid of a couple other contracts to just to keep, keep Tory Krug. But I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it to kind of just – blow up a bunch of guys just to keep Tory Krug. I think it is. I, I think he's that good of a player and he's very, very valuable to that team. But I don't know. This could be a blessing in disguise, this uh, salary cap freeze for the Boston Bruins, just for the fact that they could potentially keep Tory Krug. I don't know. That's Call me crazy. It would not surprise me. I know his year in interview, he was all but out the door packing his bags, saying it was a good run. I could see him testing the open market and being, whoa, it's not there. Do I really want to leave Boston? I, I you know, I, I'm comfortable here. I got a nice pad. He probably knows, you know, the good restaurants in town. D- does he want to leave that to go play on a, on a team in a city he does, knows nothing about? Did I mention last week that he's the longest tenured Boston athlete without a, without a championship? No, you did not. Isn't that crazy? That and is. He's the longest tenured Boston, and he's only 29. Which <laughs> there's Boston for you, but because well, um, the Celtics, they've they haven't won one in a while. I guess it's KG and Pierce won it. And, and that was 08. That was 08. And then 
the Patriots win it all the time, and then the Sox win it all the time. So yeah, I could see that. Yep. Like, well, what's I guess Rask? He probably got a ring, or he did. He got a ring. Okay, yep. but he wasn't he was, the starter. No, he didn't play in, at all in the playoffs, but he was there. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Crew came up in 2013. And they won it in 2010. Yep. 2011. Okay. 2011. Uh, yeah. Do gut feeling as a Bruins fan? Do you think he'll stay? No. No way. Interesting. I don't think so. That's too There's bad. Too much money on the table for him. He wants to cash in, and rightfully so. He's a gamer, man. I uh, it's kind of stink to see him go, but. Well, that's what I mean. He might not get that Brinks truck like he expected just be, just because of this. It's funny. I was I did a charity event with Ethan Morrow, and we were just talking about lockouts and this and that. He's like, I told I told him about our lockout, and gosh, I don't even know when it was anymore. And he's like, Yeah, our lockout '94. I had signed a big deal the year before, and then they rolled back the salaries twenty five percent of all the players. And he's like, I just signed a big three or four year ticket with Edmonton and they cut a quarter off my salary. And so guys, yeah. And they agreed to it. And so guys who were free agents that year, they locked out because everybody got their salaries just whacked and they came in and signed for the same amount, but they didn't lose 25% of their salaries. So Ethan Morrow signed for like 6 million a year. He's losing one point something a year. And another guy will sign for six and make the, the full six. So he was like that, that stung when you, when you signed for, so I think he signed for you yeah, have five or six and he lost like, what is it? 1.4 or something. Yeah. Right, right off the top. Right, right wow. away. So, it, and then you have escrow on top of that. So it's just, uh, yeah. Who knows what'll happen with that pandemic. I know they talked about that for next year. I don't think they've really ironed out all of the details, how they're going to work the financial stuff, but it's always stinks when you're making that much money and stuff to worry about finances and stuff you're almost better tim just making what do you make 20 grand a year you're almost better making that much just because it's it's simpler you know yeah it's yeah. so simple i wouldn't want to make more than 20 it would just be it would be i mean i don't have a calculator i don't have to add up that high it would be it sounds stressful so 20 is fine complicates things you don't even yeah. need to air conditioning who needs it you know what no. i mean yoga yoga studio i'll do it in my kitchen i don't need money to be happy you know what I mean? No. <laughs> you dog, I, dog food. I'll just look at my neighbor's dog. I'll pet him sometimes when he walks by. I don't <laughs> need a dog. There's so many ways you can be happy. I'm just teasing Tim. You deserve a raise, though. You really do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll send you a T-shirt. What oh, size thanks. are you? What can size? Can you sign it? Let's not get crazy. <laughs> okay? I don't want to just <laughs> that. Then that'll raise the value of that shirt a couple bucks. You know that. I'll toss that on eBay. Oh, baby. What a dream. So what else, Tim? Do we have anything else? No. It's late Labor no. Day weekend. Any yeah. big plans? Uh, I was on a boat last night. in Sutton's What? Bay. Yeah. Uh, my uncle rented a boat in uh, Sutton's Bay. And, a motorboat? Uh, yep. Yep. Um, that was fun. They were out there all day. I only, I only joined them for the last couple of hours in the evening, but it was really fun. Um, other than that, it- pretty low-key weekend. And you have cut out drinking because you said you're on this diet. Yeah. So you didn't even make it a boost cruise. You just like went out there and how Dude, hard was that? It was really tempting because they had like all like all of the best snacks. They had just like beers and, and wines and sodas and chips and cookies. And then we got back to their place after and they were ordering pizza. And I just like didn't I didn't uh, indulge myself. And I came home and cooked like a nice clean meal. I was that was the first test. That was the first time I've been tempted yes. since it started, but I I passed. So tell tell me again, what diet are you doing and why? Yeah, wish, no one wants to hear this. Let's wrap it up. No, tell us what's it <laughs> called and what's the purpose of this diet. Um, it's called Whole Thirty. It's pretty okay. well known, pretty common. H-O-L-E or W-H-O-L-E? <laughs> W-H. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, you cut out like uh, grains, processed foods, dairy, and a lot of other things. So no, even like healthy grains, like, you know, brown rice or quinoa, whatever. You can't eat that. You can't eat any kind of dairy, no alcohol, um, no sugar, even like, you know, honey, you can't have honey. 
so it's, you can have any fruits or vegetables, any meat, um, and then like that pretty much plus like nuts and seeds, that kind of thing. Really, um, it's a pretty restrictive diet, and you do it for thirty days, and then you it helps you lose weight, but also it's more it's more about one training your body to get energy from saturated fats instead of grains and and like uh, carbs. Um, which is tough. And they said like, you're going to have a couple of days or, you know, the first couple of weeks is going to be like maybe a little drowsy or maybe just like a little sluggish or a little, um, uh, cranky just because your body is just not used to it. But then you can like have like a long-term, like really positive effects. So that's one. The second one is to see after 30 days, you start to reintroduce stuff to your body into your diet to see how your body responds. So like what happens if I haven't had carbs in 30 days and then i have like a pizza or you know a sandwich or a beer and just seeing like how your body reacts to it so um i thought it was just kind of a fun challenge thing to do it's a tough month though september is like that's a tough month to go dry and uh to put these restrictions in your diet when it's so much like fall weather stuff's happening out here um but i'll be glad i did it at the end of the month so how many pounds have you dropped you've been doing it for, it'll be a week tomorrow do you yep. do it yourself what's what's the numbers here I don't know. He said, put away the scale until you're done. Interesting. So, yeah. I don't, I doubt much yet, but, um, but it has been fun. I mean, I do feel like lighter and I feel, um, feel good. So. It sounds terrible. It is. Well, you can't do stuff that makes you happy, John. You gotta, you gotta challenge Just, yourself. Here's what you do. Here's what I do. I exercise for a little bit. And I just, you know, do that. Then I go and drink a few beers and have a nice dinner. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. I, I, I went to an outing. We, my, my buddy spoke at my church last week and they, they had a nice fish dinner and then they had cake that came out. Just don't eat the cake. It's not hard. Don't eat sweets when you don't have to. Eat them sometimes. Don't drink sodas or pops or anything. Go for a bike ride every once in a while. You can have your beers. You can have your good food. I don't know. It's not hard. You just have to be a little disciplined. And that's all it takes. Once you cut out sweets for a month, you, don't, you won't even want them anymore. You really won't. It's, it's just plan. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you can cut out like grains and stuff. Like, so you can't have pasta. I could not live. I could live. Like, let's be honest. But I would not be happy if I couldn't just chuck some Alfredo in my face every once a week. Like, I love that stuff. I don't eat pasta so that good. often, but I eat rice like four or five days a week. Seriously, I eat so much rice and like stir fry or whatever. And uh, so that'd be a tough. That one will be tough. The beer will be tough and peanut butter will be tough. No peanut butter. <laughs> I eat let's, a lot of peanut butter. Let's get out of here. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, Tim, you make me laugh. The Lakers are going to lose again. They were winning with like 20 points and now it's a tight ball game. Oh, it makes me happy when they lose. Um, for Labor Day, not that you were wondering, but we're just going to go to a friend's for a barbecue. It'll be fun. Nice. What time? And what's the address? Um, they live downtown, and we're going to go around 4 o'clock. I have my fantasy football draft tomorrow, so we got to get home early. So I need to just get mentally prepared for that. I'm the defending champion. We lost a couple players, so it's a 10-team league, so we upped the ante financially. So there's a little more skin in the game. So I, got, I need to really bring my A game this year. There's a lot, a lot on the line. So it'll be fun. Still the Buffalo League, Matt Molson's in it. Patty Coletta left after his horrendous trade to me. He, he left the league. So he was one of the guys who, uh, I don't know if we kicked him out or if he just decided not to play this year. He just followed the show on Twitter. So I think he's, uh, he's asking to be a guest. We could have him on. He'd be interesting. He would be interesting to talk about just his injuries in hockey and how, because he played the game at a level that you don't, usually see he just completely ran his body into the boards night in and night out to the point where he's at now he's still a young guy he has a hard time moving around and living his life normally because his neck is all messed up his back is all messed up it's really kind of sad to see that a young guy who was so athletic just gave it all to just play in the NHL because he was not a good hockey player he was he was actually quite quite bad is his talent level but he just he did. What are you laughing at? He oh, just, this is funny. Usually you give, you give the respect to the fourth line players. Like, hey, you know what? Like, yeah, he's fourth line, but he's a good player. He's solid. I was you getting there. never say that. I was getting there. He, he, the reason he stayed in the league was his, his heart and determination. That was it. 
he had no business being in the league when you when you get down to a skill level. Just like I had no business being in the league if it wasn't for my size. There's no way I'd be in the league. I wasn't skilled enough. But I was tough as nails and stayed in the league because I was big. And Patty was the same thing, tough as nails, and he had his heart as big as anybody I've ever played with. So, anyways, we'll get him on the show. Let's talk about that fantasy trade, too. Get him really worked up. Oh, he still won't text me back. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you had a good Labor Day. I hope you're enjoying the final four Stanley Cup teams. It's getting excited. And uh, let's just think about Tim because everyone loves a nice beer at night. I had a nice rum chata last night. Have you ever had that? I have. Oh, it was delicious. I hadn't had it before. I went to my friends for dinner. It was dynamite. Rum chata. I dropped a little ice cube in there. Oh, you haven't lived. You haven't lived. I have had get, it though. <laughs> we got to get them as a sponsor. I'm talking to my my uh, my listeners. It's like for our Canadian listeners, it's like Forty Creek, but just has a little bit of uh, spice to it. It's delicious. I love Forty Creek more than anything. Their cream whiskey. Oh, I might go pour myself one right now. Actually, well, I gotta go, Tim. It was always a pleasure seeing your smiling face. Thank you, listeners, for uh, tuning in. I hope you're all doing well. Thanks for supporting the show. Go and hit the like button on Twitter. We really appreciate it. Is that what they do, Tim? Yeah, they do. Right? Say yep. goodbye, Tim. <laughs> bye. bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time. The wait is finally over. Football is back, baby. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile or yard, you could, you could, you could say, to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could even Get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, they are your online sport book experts.